Russia's war has unified Europe's opposing sides. By Ivan Krostev. On one of the last days of June 1914, a telegram arrived in a remote garrison town on the border of the Habsburg Empire. The telegram consisted of a single sentence printed in capital letters, heir to the throne rumored assassinated in Sarajevo. In a moment of disbelief, one of the emperor's officers, Count Lejos Bathiany, inexplicably began speaking in his native Hungarian to his compatriots about the death of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, the heir and a man who had been perceived as partial to the Slavs. Lieutenant Josip Jelisic von Buzem, a Slovene who felt uneasy about Hungarians, especially because of their suspected disloyalty to the throne, insisted that the conversation be held in the more customary German. Then I will say it in German, the Count assented. We are in agreement, my countrymen and I, we can be glad the bastard is gone. This was the end of the multi-ethnic Habsburg Empire, at least the way Joseph Roth captured it in his magisterial novel Radetzky March. And the Habsburg experience has often been replicated in the European Union. Unity has usually been the first casualty of crises in Europe. During the Iraq War, the Euro Crisis, and the Refugee Crisis, for example, the EU quickly fragmented into different camps and countries. And Russian President Vladimir Putin had good reasons to imagine that the same would happen the day his army invaded Ukraine. The war was an existential threat for Ukraine's neighbors, such as Poland or Estonia, but a faraway conflict for Portuguese or Spaniards. Europe's energy dependence on Russia made a confrontation with Moscow a high-cost exercise in a moment when European societies experienced hard economic times. And, in any case, Europeans can have common dreams, but their nightmares are strictly national. The rise of anti-German sentiments in the early weeks of the war was a glimpse of what the scenario from hell could have looked like.